0: Welcome to Matter of Fat, a body-positive podcast with Midwest sensibilities. I'm Kat Paulavoda, a local fat feminist here for your plus-size fits, small business tips, and creating community in big and small ways. I'm joined by my co-host,
1: Sireya Bogani. Hi, I'm Sireya, a multiracial millennial living and working in Minneapolis. Have you ever heard someone call themselves fat in a factual, non-ashamed way? Well, here it is. Get ready. I'm fat, I'm fat, and we're excited to present Matter of Fat.
0: We recognize that identity and experience are key. The politics of fat bodies always seem to be on the periphery of the conversation, but we're here to bring it front and center.
1: Welcome to our third episode. Last time we interviewed a subversive siren, Zoe Holloman, about her team's competition at the Gay Games in Paris. P.S. They won gold and silver. Way to go, y'all. We also talked about Netflix's fat-shaming faux pas.
0: If you missed it... Feel free to check it out on KFAI.org, CastBox, Stitcher, and soon to be on iTunes and SoundCloud. We are moving and shaking, y'all. <laughs> uh, let us know if you have a platform you'd like to find us on that we aren't on already. And speaking of moving and shaking, let's find out what's happening this week in The, the Fatish. Dish.
1: The fat dish is on par with your block party spread, but instead of leaving the last scoop of ambrosia fruit salad to sit out <laughs> for a few hot hours...
0: Or bringing a tasty smorgasbord of local events and personal newsworthy
1: dish with a lens on body size, body positivity, and fat liberation. That's right. We'll talk all things rad, often specific to Minneapolis and St. Paul, but branching out at times to the greater Midwest. So
0: let's put that ambrosia salad, which, (laughs) by the way, is pretty much just cool up and fruit cocktail, right? Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Let's put it on ice and get into it.
1: Thorea, what's new with you? Um, Well, my life has been completely altered by the Carters. Oh. Um, I was fortunate enough to attend the Beyonce Jay-Z show last night at US Bank Stadium. Yes. There were fireworks. There were jets of fire. There was a 20 plus piece band, amazing dancers, and so many outfits. Like, I don't. I don't know what their clothing budget is, but I, I've never Amazing. in my life seen that much money. Um, their chemistry is wild, and there were so many beautiful people, not just on stage, but in the audience, too. You know, U.S. Bank Stadium is huge. There were people of every size people of every color and I was there for it the looks were great it was just a really amazing time so that was less than 12 hours ago that is amazing and also I feel like half the people I know
0: in (laughs) Minneapolis were there I was not but all of y'all were so I'm glad it was an amazing time by
1: proxy and Instagram yeah (laughs) um other than that I'm still just very very grateful for everyone listening and sharing feedback on watching or watching (laughs) seeing and listening to this show you might be watching on Instagram and Facebook we hope you are Mm -hmm. and if not there's many times to come but I really appreciate anybody taking their time to give um you know some positive feedback that's what I've gotten so far and just be engaging with this conversation that we're having yeah um you know as a As enjoyable as the process is for us, it's meant to be heard and resonate with you. So if that's happening, I'm glad. Um, But another part of this is I've taken the next step to becoming a sound engineer for our show. Yeah, We've been so um, supported by Mason here at KFAI and other folks, too. Um, But this is new. And so it's it's really exciting to see how many moving parts there are to putting together a broadcast or a podcast. And um, I'm learning a lot. So that's going on. And then I think the only other big, big thing, which I feel like I've listed a lot of things here... But, Tell um, us the big thing. I've just started planning a trip to Kenya with some friends. Yes! Uh huh. So it's it's been about 23 years, uh, so it'll be interesting to make new memories that aren't explicitly about the hotel pool, zebras, or millipedes. <laughs> I'm a little bit farther away from the ground these days, so I, I think I'll have a different perspective on it.
0: Okay, so you visited Kenya as a child, and you're going back now. What's your connection to Kenya? My
1: dad is actually from Kenya originally. So um, I was five years old last time I went, and got to see family, and... Um, um, yeah, it's just now exciting to go back with some friends, explore, see the hometown where my dad is from and um, just do something big. It's fun to plan a trip like this. so
0: oh, it's so cool. I'm sure you'll be giving us like some updates leading up to it. Right? Yeah,
1: yes. maybe. <laughs> So excited for you <laughs> Thank you, thank you But uh, what's going on with you?
0: What's new? Mm, okay, so as y'all probably know We record shows a little in advance of when they air And we like totally dated this one Because Soraya was at Jay-Z Or it's Jay-Z and oh my god Soraya was <laughs> at Beyonce with Jay-Z last night <laughs> Um, It was equitable. It was (laughs) equitable. She did a good job of letting him have time. So as y'all know, we do record these in advance. And so as we record this, this thing has not happened yet, but I'm just like bursting with excitement that I feel like I have to mention it in this episode. My shop, Cake Plus Size Resale, is putting on an amazing end of summer pool party. Uh, And I, yep, I just can't even wait. I'm really into the idea of creating a space where fat bodies are the majority in a situation, like a pool party where that can often feel kind of high stakes for folks. Um, And so I think that it'll just be an amazing, like blissful, full-bodied experience of us all just hanging out by the pool. Mm -hmm. Also, it's the only time all summer that my entire crew, including like the folks that work at Cake and then also our summer interns, are all together in one place. And I'm just really like giddy with excitement about it. As you listen to this, maybe some of you were there, and I hope you loved it. Uh, per usual, my other excitements are mostly like work and shop related. We actually did a fun promo shoot um, for some events that are coming up, and it was sort of like a little saucy shoot that we did with a local boudoir photographer, Eva of Boudoir by Eve. And so I did like some personal sessions with her a little yeah, while you ago. Did. Yeah, they were great. <laughs> Check the Instagram for more. <laughs> um, my Instagram, God, not our Instagram. That would be <laughs> awkward. <laughs> uh, but this was a um, more of a group um, situation, and you know, there there is just, like, some kind of magic about a bunch of curvy, confident babes prancing around in lingerie and just really owning it. It was really fun, um, and I just, yeah, a big thank you to everyone who's part of that to make that experience um, possible. And what else? Oh, okay, so... My car finally kicked the bucket. No. Yeah, it's rough. Um, but honestly, not at all surprising. I mean, like, what can you expect when you're 31 and you only have three years on your vehicle? <laughs> uh, so it was it was very much just a matter of time. Uh, but thankfully, a really wonderful transportation solution car situation has developed because I literally get by with a little or
1: honestly quite a lot of help from my friends. <laughs> nice. Nicely done. But that's so sad. So the old tornado is gone. Gone. Rip. Yep. Oh, that car was a true gentleman and a scholar. I don't know about scholar, but well, gentleman will give listen, him that. Like people gender cars all the time. And it's usually like, Oh, she's a beaut. But that guy, no. he was just an old dude just trying his best on any given day, just walking around town, his little cane, his little newsy cap. Like He was making his way downtown, walking fast, faces past, and he's homebound. And now he's truly homebound. And now he's very much to the homebound. End.
0: Yep. the um, Soon to be shipped off to... The the um the like the wrecker yard or or maybe to go to a new home on craigslist for someone who can truly appreciate the beauty of this this broken car yeah but overall um all is well and that's just yeah a little bit of an interesting excitement in my world for sure
1: well, I'm glad we were able to check in. Yeah. And I know you had some things uh, on your radar as far as community.
0: Yeah, so I um, wanted to mention a spoken, word, a spoken word event that's coming up here at the end of the month. Uh, so, full disclosure, spoken word is not <laughs> really my cup of tea. And I mean, speaking of spill tea... Spill it, girl, Spill it. I know I can't be the only person who got a little more than burnt out from traipsing around to a million spoken word events that her ex performed at. <laughs> but that is a whole nother dish (laughs) anyway i know lots of y'all love spoken word and it really is a beautiful form of art Uh, so this show is put on by button poetry and features rachel wiley who you might know from a variety of places and spaces but she's really well known for a piece she did that's called 10 honest thoughts on being loved by a skinny boy it's probably like viral level out there on the Mm -hmm. internet quite well known this event, um, highlighting her and some other performers, will be on Sunday, August 26th at Ice House, again put on by Button Poetry, so the best way to find out more information about this is to visit the Button Poetry Facebook page.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's a good one. That's good to know about. Um, Another arts event coming up that we actually talked about last episode is the Dangerous Fatty event at Gamut Gallery on August 25th. Um, It's a free fat art and community show with a reading by Virgie Tovar from her You Have the Right to Remain Fat book, which is in pre-sale right now.
0: Yes, looking forward to that. Ooh, and great segue because that comes up in the interview. This episode, we're talking to Simeon Telly, chief connector and event producer of Flyover. Flyover is a Midwest-based event and content platform created to amplify the stories of underrepresented and marginalized groups in fashion, politics, and culture. I met Zimian last year during the Spring 2017 Fashion Week Minnesota. I was actually on a panel that fly at an event that Flyover produced, and ever since then, I've just been incredibly impressed by the work Flyover is doing to be radically intersectional in their work around body positivity and fashion. I knew we would want to definitely talk to Simeon about his story as a matter of fact.
1: Yeah, Simeon is based in Iowa City, Iowa, so he joined us over the phone. We chat topics including the Midwest as a creative space for entrepreneurship, Flyover as a content and event platform, and Flyover's work in the Twin Cities, i.e. dangerous fatty event. We know you'll enjoy hearing from Simeon.
0: Welcome, Simeon. Uh, Tell us who you are. Tell us your story as a matter of fact.
2: Yeah, uh, my name is Simeon. I live in Iowa City, Iowa, but I'm originally from Columbus, Ohio. I came to Iowa um, several years ago to work on the first Obama primary campaign, um, working in the uh, Iowa caucus as a state organizer. After the campaign, I um, decided to stick around in Iowa to finish my degree. Never thought I'd stay, but I'm still here um, and working on what I hope, what I think are some really cool things like flyover, um, and have been able to connect with some negative people like Kat um, around issues of body positivity um, and whatnot, but uh, yeah, that's my story, and that's sort of why I call this guy is living mm-hmm. in Iowa City. I don't know.
0: Got it. Yeah. You are just have done some interesting and cool stuff. Thanks for sharing that with us. And also wanting to talk a little bit about like body image and body politics and that kind of thing. How have you, who are you, um, in those kind of identities?
2: Yeah. Um, I've, you know, over the past couple of years and through conversations with friends, um, through connections I've made, uh, I've been able to learn a lot more about, uh, body politics, uh, body positivity, and even more specifically, um, uh, movements and ideas around like, you know, justice for fat bodies very specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I was working on an organization called the Iowa fashion project, we these fashion shows. Um, and just to be in, embarrassingly honest with you. Um some of the first things we did were very conventional, very stereotypically um putting forward uh, thin bodies. Um, uh, and we sort of got caught up in this perception of a beauty, what a model could look like or should look like. Um and through conversations with friends and people that really challenged me and our organization to be better, you know, we made a commitment to become better. And just sort of, you know, starting there, it's been a journey of really learning um, how, uh, if I'm going to be doing work in fashion or, you know, producing events that are fashion oriented, you know, uh, how can they, you know how can they really make a difference, um, and and how can we really sort of uh, um, be a platform for uh, bodies and individuals um, that are normally excluded from the runway or excluded from conversations or you know, not represented as the quote-unquote standard of beauty and whatnot. Um, so that's really my the starting point and my connection um, to uh, um, body positivity. But um, uh, I don't know, I read a, a really interesting article um, recently about, uh, and it was a medium, um, and I forget the, the person who wrote it, but her argument was, um, you know, body positivity and the movement and the way we think of it has been has become heavily commercialized And mm-hmm. right. that she doesn't want body positivity she wants fat justice yeah um she doesn't want uh um um this sort of vague this soft this stupid notion of like all bodies are good bodies but very specifically we live in a society that marginalizes uh, oppresses um fat bodies um and uh, I don't know, I think that's really, really important work, because if you look at sort of, you know, we, we can talk about issues of race, gender, class, um, sexual orientation, and we can have really productive, critical conversations on those issues. But we still as a society aren't embracing or understanding how um, we're so very much oppressive towards uh uh, certain types of bodies. Um, yeah, I just think that's really important work. Uh, that still needs to be done.
0: We do too. Yeah, and yeah, that's why we're here <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're glad that you think that that is important as well and our naming that This ties into your work with flyover a lot, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, so flyover um, is an organization uh, it is a, it's really a platform an event and content platform that we created uh, to um, make fashion Make culture more inclusive and more representative, um, and a lot. We do a lot of work around body positivity, um, and so uh, for the past year or so, um, we've been building flyovers. It's been a very iterative process, um, but I think we're doing good work. Um, I'm excited about the opportunity to um, work with influencers and and individuals who care about these issues Mm -hmm. and just really present and challenge people to think differently and think more expansively about, you know, fashion and beauty standards and, and size and inclusiveness and representation and whatnot.
0: Definitely. So, okay, you said that you that Flyover is an event and content yeah. platform because people always ask me what Flyover is because that's how I know you um, through Flyover yeah. the, or, the events that you've organized yeah. and through Flyover Fest. And I always say like, I just Flyover is just the very best and have all these great things to say. And people are like, What is Flyover? <laughs> I'm like, Well, it's like an organization kind of. Yeah, but, yeah. Okay, but from now on, right. I will say it's an event and content platform. Got it. Well and, and-
2: Yeah, it is any content platform that aims to make fashion and culture more inclusive and representative. That's like sort of like the official, you know, statement, but really, Mm -hmm. um, the name comes from, you know, we live in the Midwest and the Midwestern states are often considered flyover states, it's considered flyover country. Um, and we just thought that was sort of a really interesting, um, and appropriate way to make the connection to some of the issues and ideas that, you know, we wanted to fly over. to elevate, yeah um, and being known for um, sort of uh, people, ideas, issues, communities that are often overlooked. Uh, maybe are underestimated um, that we want it to be a platform to elevate.
0: Yeah, I love that. Also, Carrie Miller, swagger jacked your name right with her? <laughs> do you know that there's an NPR thing that's called flyover that was like that came out last year? <laughs>
2: I did see that. I, yeah. I was like, like it yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> it means you're onto something. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. You, they like focus on like rural communities and like that, which I thought was like interesting and, but, um, yeah, there's a flyover. Uh, yeah,
0: I think yeah, it's great, Miller. I could yeah. be wrong. I don't know. Are, yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah. I just think it's kind of funny. Um, yeah, yes. but I the work you're doing with Flyover is incredible. And um, since I, like, came in touch with you and your team and Flyover as a platform, um, I think probably, like, almost a year ago during one of the yeah. Fashion Week yeah. Minnesotas here, um, I, I'm just, like, your commitment to body positivity in its radical forms that I think we hold so dear and that are not commercialized and are really like thinking about intersecting identities as part of body positivity the way flyover does that is just really great in my opinion um better than a a lot or maybe any other groups that I've seen out here so I wanted to just like give that positive praise
1: for for flyover because it is yeah Uh you're you're doing the work
2: thank you (laughs) I really appreciate that
1: And can I just ask too, because I know you two are both, I've heard amazing things about flyover, but for people who are just hearing about it now, what kind of events come out of this? Or what are some of the things that are doing the work that we're talking about?
2: Yeah, that's a really good question. Thank you for asking. Um, So mostly we've we've produced a festival each year in the spring um, in Iowa City, uh, but increasingly we've produced events um, in Minneapolis,
0: Yeah. uh, but
2: we want to do more events across the Midwest. And so last year we did an event at fashion week uh, minnesota and then um we'll be back at fashion week minnesota in the fall in september but even before that we're working with virgie tovar um who is an amazing talented uh important voice um on these issues as yes. well so i i guess you know um the events and then increasingly um we want to do more content oriented and specific things you know um um like a podcast or a newsletter or maybe a a magazine at some point, Um, but sort of all focused on um, uh, these ideas of inclusiveness and representation and politics and fashion and culture and how they intersect with each other Um, and to not have these conversations in silos, um, but but to really show how they're interconnected um, and and to really feature and highlight uh, people, um, communities, and, you know, elevate these issues sort of. Uh, um, around these issues.
0: Yes, awesome. Okay, so you've mentioned two events that are happening in the Twin Cities in the upcoming days and months, and so I'd love to hear more about them because I know that our our listeners are going to want to mm-hmm. know. So first, Virgie Tovar is coming soon at the end of August, right?
2: Yeah, Virgie's going to be in Minneapolis at the end of August at Gamut Gallery on August 26th. Uh, she'll be there promoting her book. But uh, if anyone's met or you know, seen anything that Virgie does, it's always just a great time. She's brilliant, but she just has a way of being really approachable and funny And how she talks about these issues. So it'll be a, uh, an important event, um, but a fun event as well. And we just hope that not only people come out and want to support the new book, uh, that Virgie um, will be releasing, but it's also an opportunity to kind of build community among like-minded people in the men, you know, the Twin Cities area, but people who care about body politics, body positivity, and want to be a part of a, you know, fat positive uh, yeah. discussion. Um, so it'll be really cool, and um, you can go to our website, helloflyover.com, or uh, our Facebook page, um, which is uh, just Flyover, uh, for more information about that.
0: We're really excited for that, Um, and Mm -hmm. we've heard a lot of buzz about it as well. I think it's going to be awesome, and we'll be sharing that information, that event information um, in the show notes for this episode and then also on our social media too because, yeah, we see this as a place for a lot of folks who care about these kind of things to be together in community, engaging around them.
2: Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
0: And then tell us more about the event that Flyover is doing during Fashion Week Minnesota at the end of September.
2: Yeah, so last year we were, we were at Fashion Week Minnesota and we did a series uh, of panels and discussions. I think we did four or five. Mm-hmm.
0: Your girl was or, on one of the I don't know if you remember, <laughs> Simeon, but I was on one of the panels.
2: <laughs> that was on one of the panels. Uh, um, yeah, and it was almost like a, a mini conference slash summit within a, uh, a larger event. It was great. Um, so, but th- Yeah, this time we're, we're focused on one event and we'll be launching a new podcast ourselves uh, called fabric um, okay, um, can you tell us more yeah. about that yeah and so the the podcast is, is really meant to be a storytelling platform in a way to highlight and feature influencers and issues um, uh, that are important to us uh, in the Midwest so influencers and, and activists or just people that are doing amazing work in the living in the Midwest on these issues um, or even um, uh, uh, telling the stories of, of communities, and issues that we think need to, to get more attention and, and that more people should know about um, around um, these things. So we'll be launching that podcast. It'll be the very first podcast, actually, at Fashion Week it, um that we'll be doing, and it'll be a live event. Um, so we just hope people come out and uh, check out the event, but um, uh, engage you know, with the content, engage with you know what we're talking about and what we're trying to do um, there.
0: That sounds awesome. And very, like, you're you're speaking our language. You know, I think a lot of the things you identified um, that are sort of the mission of what you're working on align really well with what we're working on. So um, it'll be exciting to hear that first episode and, um, yeah, be paying attention during Fashion Week MN. And we'll share, I know that's a little bit farther away, but we'll share that as it comes up, too. I know my shop is also doing an event during Fashion Week Minnesota, but I know they're on different days, so be able to yeah. do it all. Divide It'll and be conquer. Divide yeah. and, <laughs> conquer. Um, and I do think that it's nice to have, I, I think that every, so the Fashion Week Minnesota happens twice a year here in the Twin Cities uh, in the spring and in the fall and I think it's just like the more voices that can be part of that and the more identities that can be represented are important and so uh, that's one of the reasons I'm really looking forward to y'all's event during that week as well.
2: Yeah, and I, I think it's just important for, for us. We wanted to to do an event or to show that, you know, when we have these fashion events, um, people, or you just, you just don't have to have a fashion show or right. something that's retail oriented. All those things, those things are important and you can do, you know, really important work around, you know, a fashion show with who's on the, who's on the runway or, you know, um, retailing or selling event. Um, but to make these events much more dynamic and multifaceted by having discussions with and elevating you know issues or connecting issues or connecting you know fashion to uh other uh, cultural um topics and whatnot and just really using fashion as a way to to dig deeper on important political cultural yes. social issues and whatnot and as yeah. a lens to just understand like the society that we live in issues that we're all kind of thinking through and figuring out and mm-hmm. just want to get and want to be better on and whatnot so you know it's yeah. really exciting to have that opportunity at fashion Week them um and uh yeah um I yes. hope I hope people show up.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure people will, um, and we'll help. We'll help you get some people there. Uh, I yeah. I sort of I like in hearing what you're saying. That's how I feel about the event we're doing for the shop too. It's like get them in with the fashion, but then what <laughs> other kind of you know info yeah. um, and identities and like body politics can we be sharing along with that? Because yeah, I think definitely. people like there are uh, more eyes and ears on what you're doing because of being part of this this week that happens. And so if you can use that to help share a little more information, a little education. I think that is really, really powerful.
2: Mm -hmm. Right.
1: I have a bit of a background question for you, Simeon. So you mentioned that you started out with a fashion show that kind of launched this conversation about, you know, what needs to be presented. And now we're talking about this as a medium to have a better story, a bigger narrative and a discourse. But for you personally, what was the pull in fashion? You know, how did you get into setting up that initial fashion show? Because this is your story, too. I think we're talking about really exciting things that are coming up that are important. But we want to know a little bit more about, you know, what actually started you on this path to having this platform.
2: Yeah. Um so I had a I was an aspiring fashion entrepreneur, clothing line um person at one point. <laughs> uh I wasn't very good. I had a T shirt line, um, called Guns and Butter. And it was sort of meant to be this like political t shirt line but an emphasis on design and you know quality fabrics and products and whatnot um i wasn't a very good t-shirt entrepreneur or sort of a clothing entrepreneur um but what i was good at and what i found people like being most responsive to was the events and bringing other people in the fashion community together uh for these events um so that's like my entry point into like the road of fashion um and like, why we started Iowa Fashion Project? Because I was I was a part of this community of people who had someone who had a brand, and I was just trying to get people to pay attention to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, let me have a fashion show, uh, but no one knows who I am. Uh, I just started this clothing line. Um, no one knows what it is. Let me work with people that have been out there for a little bit longer than me, and let's all kind of do like a group collaborative event. Um, and then that event went really well, and it caused us to do more. And to think, let's not just do events. Let's make a a community building organization around this um so that's like my entry point to the world of fashion um uh i tried a t-shirt line it failed but um the events really stuck mm-hmm. and kind of that's the the lane that i decided to kind of um stay in
1: which is Kind of amazing because some of the questions that Kat and I had been talking about was, you know, how did Flyover Fest start? What is it current state and what do you want it in the future? And it just sounds amazing. You have so many different um, modes of medium that are going to be coming out with a potential newsletter, the podcast. Yeah. And like who could have imagined that that's what the T-shirt line came out of, too. yeah
0: and that's like that's business baby like that's a smart way to do that you know what I mean because you try one thing and it's like oh this is cool in some ways but not the other you know and it's like um you mentioned that folks were really showing up for the events and like the events and then that's why that grew and that's the way to do it right like they say that you should kind of see what people are asking for and move in that direction with what you're doing for business and projects and that kind of thing and it sounds like that's exactly what you did
1: yeah even the starting point you know you're talking about you know quality fabrics and the name of your podcast is fabrics like i imagine a lot of what it started that is still running through everything that you're doing now which is really cool
2: yeah yeah especially like the the politics or how you know i i sort of this i still see this as a as a vehicle as a platform to talk about uh very you know serious political issues that i care about that i've always cared about you know um from my time working on the obama campaign um to, you know, starting a political t-shirt line and and it not being successful to kind of to building flyover um, politics and and community building and elevating um, people and ideas and issues um, uh, has always been sort of at the core of things that I've been involved with or, you know, things I want to do. So, um, yeah, it's kind of it's it's interesting. It's cool to reflect back and see the progression and and, you know, just reflect on like how you got here and um where you started but it's it's uh it's been um no it's 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 i've learned a lot um you know learning a lot about what you're good at um and some things that you're not so good at so that's part of it (laughs) too
0: yeah yeah Okay, so now it's time for our questions about the Midwest <laughs> because we are yeah, a body positive yeah. podcast with Midwest sensibilities, and we know you are
2: yeah.
0: in the heart of the Midwest in Iowa. <laughs> and then the Ohio yeah. connection,
1: too. <laughs> oh, yeah, I feel like true. Ohio gets slept on as far as Midwest all the time, but yeah, that's cool.
0: Okay, yeah. so um, we want to know what you think makes the Midwest great.
2: Yeah, I think. The Midwest is great, uh, because, um, you know, it's, I think it's, it's a, it's a place where there are lots of people with ideas trying to make things happen or to build new and interesting things, um, and bring those to life. And the barriers to entry, um, that exists for creative entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs in general, where just people who have new ideas aren 't as high as they would be if you lived in a much bigger market you know mm. um, you know being from Columbus and then you know starting off in Iowa City, but really struggling with and wrestling with you know whether I should stay in Iowa or do I need to go somewhere else to really you know maximize and, and to, to pursue some of the things I wanted to do you you 're always sort of there's always that voice or that notion that you have to go to a much bigger market, um, uh, to make this stuff happen, you know, whether it be a place like New York or LA. Um, uh, but what I found is that in the Midwest, you know, um, there's a community of people building things, creating things. Um, and you know, you can really test and validate and experiment with these ideas you have. And the barriers to entry aren't as high. Mm. Um, if you live in a much bigger market, if you live in New York, um, that rent isn't cheap, and there are lots of people. It's an oversaturated market at this point. But um, I think even more so in the Midwest, there's a community of people that want to support uh, you and want to see good ideas rise to the forefront, I want to get behind new and interesting um, projects and whatnot. Um, so there's a I think there's a sense of community here for people just building things and making things happen, uh, and that's really kept me here. Uh, so, like, when I, you know, talking about the Midwest and why – you know, um, it's great, or why people should come or stay. Like that's my message. Mm. Unless um, you have an idea, uh, if you want to want to do something, um, you'll you'll be able to at least give it a, a really good shot, a really good try in Midwest. Um, and that's I don't think that's necessarily guaranteed if you lived in a, a different market or a much bigger market where you think there, are, you know, you have to be to, to be creative or to, to 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 be an artist or to be a successful entrepreneur and whatnot.
0: Yeah. I wouldn't have said it like that, but I, I agree with you. I definitely agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, me. Oh, sorry. That sounded like I wouldn't have said it like that. I mean, like, I wouldn't have <laughs> no, no. thought, you know, like, I that's wouldn't. have. That's too. not yeah. how I would have answered that. But yeah. like, yeah, I hear. Right. Uh, yes, I agree with you very much. Uh, yeah. Based yeah. on my experiences. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Cool. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for sharing all this great info with us. It was such a pleasure to have you. Um, how can people? How can people find you if they um, are interested in our conversation and want to know more about Flyover, more about these events, or more and or more about you? Where should they look? How should they find you?
2: Yeah, um, they can find us on social media. Um, Flyover uh, is the name of our um, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram pages. The handle is at HelloFlyover. Flyover. Um, and our website is just helloflyover dot com, and uh, you can reach our team there, or you can find information on how to contact me uh, personally there as well.
0: Do you want to pub any of year, like social media, or is that something you're, you're like, no, find no, flyover, I don't I find I'm you?
2: Just, no, 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 no. I, I should. said I'm just so not like. But yeah, find me on social media. I'm at on Twitter at simi and tally, on Instagram at simi and tally as well. Um, you can follow me on twitter for uh i i i retweet a lot of of i don't know i'm a re, more of a retweeter than i am a uh, witty composer of like original tweets but are so you
0: retweeting some you good can... stuff is there good stuff
2: there like, I, oh man i i like my retweet game is very strong okay
0: so let's follow <laughs> in for that retweet game yes yeah. we don't need yeah. content generators <laughs> all the time we, we, we need just, the people mm-hmm. to spread the good That's word like yeah. curated content that you're retweeting we're here for it
2: exactly <laughs> yes. exactly yeah awesome okay well curated content.
0: that sounds great well thank you for sharing all of flyover's info your info thanks for your time today Thanks for telling us your story,
1: as a matter of fact.
2: Thanks, guys. We really appreciate it.
1: Thank you. I love that. I had no idea what a content event platform was, but I love that you have a shared use of fashion as a means for education. Also, I love that growth narrative. T-shirts as an entree to event curation, event curation as a means to highlighting artists and entrepreneurs and social justice politics in the Midwest. All of it. I am here for it. Hello. Hello. Flyover. (laughs)
0: Yes. We're excited to see Simeon and some of the Flyover crew at Virgie's event on the 25th. And we hope to see some of you there too. As many of you may or may not remember from our last episode, the Dirt and Discourse portion of our show is where we tease out both the excitement and discomfort around relevant pop and cultural happenings.
1: It's also a space to break down any questions you may have. Was there a word or phrase or concept used last time that you're not altogether too familiar with? Um, We actually heard from one listener, Mom Bogani. She, (laughs) She had a question about our use of the term intersectionality.
0: Speaking of, I mean, you've probably already seen this, but in case you're not rapidly refreshing the personalities page on the KFAI.org
1: website, we've created our station profiles. (laughs) It's not surprising that there was some overlap there. Um, Both Kat and I actually included intersectional right next to feminism in our bios. Okay, so first, let's share our understanding of intersectionality. Yeah, I can give us some background. So Dr. Kimberly Crenshaw is a law professor and civil rights advocate who introduced the term over 30 years ago. Um, The actual definition of intersectionality is the interconnected nature of social categorizations such as race, class, gender, as they apply to a given individual or group regarded as creating overlapping and interdependent systems of discrimination or disadvantage. (laughs) (laughs) I'll work on my rap air horn. But suffice it to say, we don't exist in one identity. And those identities hold different places of power or don't at different times. So I'm here for a feminism that is about self-education and care for all of those impacted by overlapping and interdependent systems of discrimination.
0: Yeah. Thank you for that breakdown, Soraya. And also thanks to Dr. Crenshaw for her work around this. Her scholarship gives us a perspective that we might not otherwise understand. We both identify with intersectional feminism, which is often used in juxtaposition to white feminism. White feminism is less about actual white people and instead more about the power structures that uphold white supremacy. White white supremacy, of course, not meaning just Klansmen, but the structures of power that impact everyday life, providing preference to people and white presenting bodies, both historically and now in present time. To that end, white women have dominated conversations around feminism, often to the detriment of women of color. Mm -hmm. If you're a white woman and you've ever said or wanted to say, we're all women, why do we have to divide or have other labels? You got to check your white feminism. Multiple identities that people embody can't be separated. It's not fair for women who might not experience marginalization in other ways to discount the identities of folks who do, like women of color or trans women or Muslim women, There's definitely conversation about whether explicitly stating intersectional is even necessary when we're talking about feminism, because if it's not intersectional, it's not feminism. But because of the prevalence of white feminism, I think we both really feel the need to explicitly state where our feminist values lie.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: For a textbook example of what white feminism can sound like and an opportunity for me to critique one of my least favorite noteworthy plus size sort of
1: celebrities,
0: (laughs) uh, you could check out um, an interview that Ashley Graham did on the Chelsea Handler Netflix show. For real, it it quite pains me uh, to recommend either of these women to you. But this interview is such a textbook case of what not to say around feminism and body size and race and identity all the shade intended, <laughs> for me anyway,
1: I feel like Soraya is a little more judicious with her shade. I mean, judicious, sure. But yeah, I, I watched the interview that you're mentioning, mm-hmm. and it was surprising to me because A, I've only ever known Ashley Graham as the first plus-size model for Sports Illustrated. Sports Illustrated, so it wasn't really on my radar as anything of particular note to me, and B... The interview was actually awkward, uh, not just for me watching it because we're ta- of all the things we're talking about, mm-hmm. but also because she's saying that being a talk show host or being a woman of color is divisive. You know, these identities exist. We can work to understand how they exist, um, but we should move away from discrediting them altogether. Yeah. I don't see color or I don't see labels Ugh. is not helpful for people who don't get to take those labels off at the end of the day. You know, it's part of personality. It's part of culture. It's part of experience. So please don't discount it. I know I'm guilty of it. You know, growing up in the 90s, that was a big time of colorblindness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, I think it's really important at this point in time to try and understand the way that labels function, how people identify with them, and then work to celebra- celebrate or collaborate with them.
0: Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, and this interview is just bad. It's like exactly what we're kind of cautioning for. Like, so I mentioned sort of like textbook case. And I've been following Ashley for a really long time. I think she's been um, she I mean, there's no denying that she is a person of note in the plus size fashion world. But I also feel like, you know, we need to acknowledge like, modeling is Ashley's job. It's a career she chose. You don't get to choose the color of your skin or your sexuality or the culture you grew up in, but you get to choose your job. And plus size modeling is kind of, well, it isn't kind of, it is how she got to where she is today. So it's funny how now she's kind of actively working to distance herself from it and just feels, it feels icky. So anyway this is um a link that we'll share we'll share the interview t- the link to the interview excuse me in our show notes and let you decide how you feel about it in the meantime you know where i stand <laughs> <laughs> uh and i know i'm not entirely alone i want to shout out in particular the hosts of bad fat broads who i know totally get me on this
1: <laughs> um thanks for getting into the dirt discourse with us for this episode everybody Cool, cool, cool. Our third episode. Yes.
0: It was a joy checking in on the anticipated Rachel Wiley and Dangerous Fatty events learning more about Flyover with Simeon Telly, and diving into identity theory and politics.
1: This is just getting better each and every time. Sure is. It is. Fine wine here, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, of course, we couldn't do this without all of the support, like our sound engineers Mason and Sarah at KFAI. And Alice and Anne Design and Create, who built our beautiful logo. And Kyle Wurstein, who composed and created our theme music. And
0: you, thanks for listening and catch us in two weeks for another episode of Matter Matter of Fat.
1: That's cute, huh?